Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the pod that shares the stories of those affected by suicide. Lost a loved one? Attempted it yourself? Did you know that when you share a burden, the load is lightened? Come listen in with your host, Elaine Lindsay. Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the podcast, is for education only. Some of the subject matter could be triggering for those that are newly grieving or in a poor state of mental health. Please call your local suicide hotline or mental health office if you need immediate help. Good afternoon, and it's really great to be back. It's Elaine Lindsay with Suicides and Forgiveness, and today I'm really honored uh, to have a guest with me. Her name is Michelle Cleveland, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about her. And then we'll go right into getting to meet our guest. Uh, she has, let's see, Life Enrichment Guide. She wants you to leverage your business more effectively so you can spend more time living your life on your terms. I think that's incredibly important. She was born in Prague and raised in the USA. Um, she grew up, grew up part I'm not quite sure what's going on with my tongue today. Do forgive me. Uh, she grew up in two vastly different cultures. She married her college sweetheart, who was an army officer, and began moving all over the U.S., as well as a tour in Germany. Living in so many places and having experienced the different cultures helped her connect with people from all over the globe. As a mother and advocate for children on the autism spectrum, she knows and truly understands the various learning modes and the importance of engaging with learners in more than one way. And with over 20 years of sales and business experience, she has a thorough understanding of many facets of work and business life. She's worked in the corporate setting as well as home-based, and she has firsthand knowledge of the challenges and benefits to both. With this diverse life and work experience, she not only brings a wealth of knowledge, but also, also a different perspective to training. And having said all that, let's go right ahead and bring on Michelle. Hello, hello, Elaine. Uh, so, so good to have you with us. And I really wanted to be sure that we got all the information about you and what you do because sometimes the podcast can be a little heavier than, than some people expect. And sharing the good bits when we start and when we end uh, can really help with people getting through some of the more difficult pieces to this particular podcast. So I, I thank you so much for coming to join me and I'm going to let you start and, and share with us in your very own way. Well, the, the things that brought me here are actually my children. Yeah. I had four children, three boys, and then the princess came. <laughs> and in 2016, on the 7th of March, my youngest son, Thomas, took his own life. He was only 18. And then less than 30 days later, my oldest son who had struggled with alcoholism and drug abuse, um, 
losing his brother was kind of too much for him. That was the last straw. And he took his life on April 1st and he was 27. Wow. So in less than 30 days, I lost half my children. My, my heart goes out to you. I, there are no adequate words for, for me to put out there, but I, I just want to take a moment and respectfully say, um, I honor the fact that you are obviously an incredibly strong human being. And, and that's why I wanted you to come and share with our audience, because, you know, there are so many things that we think we can't get through and you are a testament to the fact that, oh yes, we can, and we do, and we thrive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, you say I'm such a strong person. That's really what got me going down the path to figuring out what's the difference. I'm not special. So why aren't I one of those mothers that went to bed, pulled the sheets over her head, and we never see them again? And I really dug in, Elaine, and I interviewed other members of my survivors of suicide group. I did some other research, and I came to the conclusion that there are three common elements that all these people had that people that weren't making it were missing at least one. Um, so they're very simply, who are your people? You need to have people that you can count on, that you can really bear your soul to, that you can be vulnerable with. But conversely, you know, we always hear about people who lose all their friends when tragedy happens. I dug into that too. A lot of it is because when we're on that side, being the helpers, we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. And we don't want to say the wrong thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So just as important as having those people to turn to and to share with is being that person for other people so that you feel the impotence. You feel how frustrating it is. And if you really understand it, then when you need help, you understand you're helping them figure out what you need. So having both sides of that coin is so important that when you're cocooning and you're struggling, you need to let people that you trust know. And then the second one was peace. Not everybody knows how to find peace. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, Elaine, what do you do for peace? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Some people pray. Some people yeah. have yoga. Some people meditate. I get on my motorcycle. <laughs> I, I love that. I love yeah. that. Well, it's for several reasons. First of all, when you're on a motorcycle, you have to be totally focused on the activity to stay safe. Yeah. And it involves all your senses. And so it's a very all-encompassing activity. The second is that when I'm out in the countryside and I don't have to be so focused and I can kind of think more, it's a good place to just let the tears flow and cry. And it's also a great place to scream in my helmet because the neighbors won't call the police then. Oh, 
that's such a such a, it's a different spin yeah on yeah yeah i i wouldn't have thought of riding my bike or yeah. Emma. Um, <laughs> and and certainly those are such good points and such important pieces mm -hmm. thank because, you yeah it really is because when we lose those that we love and I was 16 when I when I lost my friend. I am not mm -hmm. equating the two, but I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to grieve. And yeah. a couple of us would find ourselves in the cemetery. Other um, yeah. kids went out and partied with their friends and we um, were in the cemetery because that was the safe place we could cry. Yeah, where you could find peace. Yeah, we really need that respite to to step back and just recover a bit. Yeah, yeah, and then you're ready. But the third element is a purpose. If you think back many years ago, back in the day, as we say. Yeah. Men who retired after long, successful careers. Remember what would happen after a year or two? My God, yeah. They died, right? Yeah. yeah. And now people live on and on and on. It's big as volunteerism is on an all-time high. Second careers are a normal thing now, right? Yeah. yeah. But when you have tragedy or even job loss, anything bad happens. We tend to cocoon. We turn inward. What we need is something outside ourselves to anchor to, to pull ourselves out of that cocoon. Yeah. You know, they talk about pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, you know, my bootstraps are in the cocoon with me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But think about mothers against drunk driving. Yeah all the scholarships in memory of, yeah. yeah, yeah. for me, it was my remaining two children. Well, absolutely. absolutely. So initially, you know, paying the mortgage, I had to show up to work, right? So that kind of got me moving. But then after I discovered what resiliency is, it's not a noun, Elaine. No. It's, it's a verb, it's a way of living. Yeah. And if you start doing these three things, you become a more resilient person. Wow, what's really interesting in, in listening to what you're saying, mm -hmm. that applies not just to grief, but to trauma of any mm -hmm. sort. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. Yeah. Um, you know, if you think of divorce, job loss, any of those big, scary, horrible things that happen to us, yeah. um, tornadoes, hurricanes, accidents. Um, yeah. Yeah. Car accidents. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's those people and a way to get a respite from that awful feeling yeah. of peace and then have something that you're living for. So where did that propel you? That propelled me to found my company, NTC LifeWorks. 
and it's in memory of Nicholas and Thomas Cleveland. That's where NTC comes from. I started the company just as a speaking business to speak on resiliency. But then with the pandemic, I started noticing other ways that I could help. People were working from home. I've worked from home. I know all the tips and tricks. I did it with four little children. <laughs> so I know how to work from home. But I also know the corporate kind of um, working virtually. I trained a team in Manila. So I was very accustomed to the virtual world. Right. So I thought, okay, I can offer work from home help. And so I tacked that onto the website. And then people needed time management because they were floundering being out of the office. They needed really some structure that they had to impose on themselves now. Oh, yeah. And then I noticed entrepreneurs. There was a 95% increase in new entrepreneurships over the pandemic. And they are so many of them, the young ones are all caught up in this thing called hustle culture. Have you heard of that? Yeah. yeah. And for anybody that's not familiar, it's where you tell all the important people and all your friends to go away because you're busy for the next five, 10, 15 years becoming wealthy. Yeah. And so they end up chasing the money and not success because they haven't thought about what is success. So that's the goal setting part. Absolutely. And I've been teaching time management and goal setting since um, longer than I want to say how old I am. <laughs> but more than 20 years, I've been teaching and training on those topics. And then I noticed that entrepreneurs as a group, we have a higher incidence of mental health challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Add to that the hustle culture where you're pushing aside your support network, your people. Yeah. And then add to that the pandemic isolation. So nobody notices you That's not showering, true. not bathing, not changing clothes. Nobody notice all the little signs. Yeah. And then they die. And so all of a sudden I put all these things together. They need to know about resiliency. Yes. They need to manage their efficiency because they're not managing their time properly. And doing all these things that don't make money that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah. yeah. And then they don't have a vision. They're just chasing the tool money. Yes, absolutely. So I went through a year of rebranding last year and launched NTC LifeWorks under a new brand right. to help young entrepreneurs in the 20 to 40-ish range, Excellent. one to five years of business because they're the most open to learning new ways of doing business. Yeah. And so I don't tell them this, but I'm still in the suicide prevention business. Absolutely. Absolutely. So between you and I, mm -hmm. I, I so love but the first time we talked about this, I so love what you talk about mm -hmm. and how you talk about it and understanding that we require resiliency. Mm -hmm. I think, and I'm hoping you agree, I think this needs to be taught to children when they're young. Oh yeah. It's a basic life skill, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. You yeah. can't wait till they're entrepreneurs and suddenly at a loss. 
if yeah. you arm children early with mm -hmm. the tools that they can use for their lives, mm -hmm. I think yeah. we're giving them a much better start. Very true. They'll value those friendships, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And especially in high school, in those tumultuous, hormone-driven years, oh, God. finding a way to find peace, I think, is really big at that time. Oh, absolutely. And I think I think one of one of the, the big problems, and you know, I, I I work in that arena as well, is social media. Because yeah, it's just such a the only term I can use is airy, fairy look at life, you yeah. know, that is so surface. Because, yeah. you know, I don't care how well someone is doing or how poorly they're doing. If you scratch the surface, things are never what you see at first. Exactly. There's, there's always more, right? And and I think imbuing resiliency from the get-go yeah. would give us much more, I, I hate saying balanced because, you know, it's a balancing act. Change it's our never balanced. Change our paradigm? And, Yes, change our paradigm. Actually, that's a really, really good way to put it. Mm -hmm. Definitely change the paradigm so that, but well, and, and I, I don't know, I think we're going into an era mm -hmm. or an age that is taking this into consideration and companies like yours mm -hmm. are, are giving uh, more tools younger because we are coming up against I find that that a lot of our our younger kids are kind of at a loss for well, how do you find the joy? What more is there? Oh yeah, they're floundering. Yeah, they're really yeah. floundering because, uh, like you say, social media is so hyper focused on stuff. Yeah, what yeah. you have, what you do, where you go, who you, are. Who you go yeah. with, yeah, yeah. and yeah. purpose. Yeah. Um, my daughter, she's 21 and she's very much in the same way. She's floundering. Yeah. She's getting there. She's finding a purpose, but she's on yeah. the journey. Yeah. And, and I mean, you, you've, you've had it more of a, a an enforced deep dive than, than a lot of families. Yeah. I find that since 2000 and maybe 2010 or 11, mm -hmm. we're starting to open up a little. People are starting to understand that we really do need to get rid of the stigma, to end the guilt, to actually start talking about those that we have loved and lost yeah. in just the same way we would talk about the grandfather who left us when he was 100. We, we want to... You know, gather those memories and hang on to them and mm -hmm. savor them so that these family members can go forward with us, even though they're not here. Yes. You know, the band Disturbed has a song you might enjoy. Yes. Have you heard it? Hold on to memories. Yes. Yes. I think you're the one that told me about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you heard yeah. it? I, I heard it. Yeah, just the once. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah. I gotta grab that. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, I think it's really important, and mm -hmm. I know 
we were just together with family a few weeks back mm -hmm. and it was actually i think my son was talking about my my grandmother mm -hmm. to his kids and oh. his wife was was looking a little confused mm -hmm. and she said but didn't she pass when you were like three yeah i said well yeah but she's at dinner with us every time the family's together that's there a good always, way to put it yeah there is always a grand grandism no matter what else oh, is going on you know that's so funny um my father passed the year that my husband and i got married oh so none of my children ever met him yeah but those sayings right yeah, yeah. um and the skills that he taught me he had two daughters, so I got to be the boy. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, was, I worked on the motorcycles and the cars and built brick retaining walls. So I learned masonry and carpentry oh. and all those fun things. And I've yeah. passed those on to my kids. And so they know the stories about learning these things. Yeah. And um, <laughs> they know a little bit of Czech because of things like, meaning oh. he who hesitates doesn't eat oh oh that's that's good and yeah that's good. <laughs> and when we would have hot chestnuts out of the oven my oh. sister and i would be peeling them trying not to get burned burnt and my dad would reach for one and hold it in his hand and he would say the good man it doesn't burn Oh, wow. And of course, he had calloused hands. Well, yeah. So, right? But that was his thing. And so the kids know these sayings. Yes. Yes. So very much. It's about keeping them alive. And Rustin, when he got married a few years back, it was only two years after we lost the other ones. And are you familiar with at military uh, functions, they have the table for the fallen? There's yeah, a yeah. place setting and the chair is put aside so no one can sit there. Yeah. So for his wedding, he had a table set for his brothers and there was a picture of each one at their place. And it was right in the middle of all the festivities. Oh, wow. So the banquet hall was on one side and the lovely deck where they had the ceremony was on the other side. And so we went and had dinner and they redid the deck while we were dining and it became the dance floor. Oh, wow. And so right in the middle of this was that table. Oh, oh so that's lovely. keeping the boys, keeping his brothers who would have been his groomsmen yes. as part of the wedding. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, well, definitely Grand Grand was with us. My son was the last one married. And mm -hmm. it was just a few months before my mom left us. Mm -hmm. So she was there, which was great. Um, and his wife's grandmother, because oh, wow. both my mom and her grandmother mm -hmm. passed within five months of each other. That oh, first wow. year they were married and they weren't here in Ottawa, unfortunately, mm -hmm. <laughs> at that time, which was, which was hard on them. But they, they are always with us. Yeah. At dinner. And and we're a small family. 
and I, I recently lost my sister. So oh, with so my dad, thank you, and, and my one nephew mm -hmm. and my son and his wife's family, mm -hmm. we're all together because we're not a big family. So it's really nice to bring the grandparents in and, yeah. and they all had their quirks. They all had their little <laughs> things they did. And, uh -huh. Yeah. And it's, it's become, it's become kind of part of the, part of the story of dinner. Mm -hmm. with, as you're leaving, if someone gets up too soon or whatever, yeah, grand, grand, we'll get you. We'll get you. <laughs> My grandmother had a habit of deciding, well, I'm done now, so I'll just go to the door. And oh, I was going to ask you for a grand-grandism. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is so cute. Yeah, it was, and it was cute because she was four foot six. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, that is quite diminutive. Yes, yes. We're, we're not tall people. Well, this side of the family is not tall people. But, uh, yeah. They they said like, my fam in my family at 5'8". Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh wow! Yeah, five six. Well, until my daughter came along, she's five seven. Uh, okay, our daughter, our daughter is five seven. Our oh. eldest granddaughter is almost five nine. Mm -hmm. But my husband's side, um, he's almost six three. So they're they're all tall, unlike mm -hmm. unlike my family. I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really. Um, I think it's a big change to be able to bring them with us, to bring those that have left us of their own accord, because it was so frowned on. We, we weren't yeah. allowed to talk about it. In actual fact, when my aunt died, mm -hmm. um, I was seven. I barely knew I had an aunt until that point, mm -hmm. my father's only sister. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was so strange because my grandparents in Scotland, mm -hmm. she was never mentioned again. Oh. And she wasn't buried in the cemetery because it was consecrated ground. And, and that became a problem. Mm -hmm. For me, it was a problem because my friend Andrea was Jewish. Oh. And it was... Not that my family would have judged because they weren't like that, mm -hmm. but I was always concerned about someone saying something mm -hmm. that, for you know not being able to be buried that way or, or what have you. Yeah. you know? It's it's interesting looking back mm -hmm. because I couldn't tell anyone. Yeah, it was a big secret back then, wasn't it? my god yeah and and going to the cemetery I mean, that was a huge secret mm -hmm. because it, you know people it sounds terrible now but you remember we'll watch the the men in the white coats will come take you away mm -hmm. yes. me, that was the trip <laughs> yeah thing there was that dr demento song that made fun of it though <laughs> Those nice men in their clean white coats, they're coming away. <laughs> uh, I just remember that song. Yes. Too true. And and when when you really look into it now, it, it's I mean, part of why I, I do this podcast is I want people to be able to bring out those good memories, yeah. celebrate, don't lose 
those people yeah. Yeah. because th there is no reason for it. it it's important yeah. to, to keep them within the family. Very and they are. Yeah. Yeah. I have the boys things around. Yeah. Um, well, for example, <laughs> not long before he passed, Nicholas worked at Publix. Oh, I have his name tag. Yeah. And it sits here on the little cup where I have pens. Um, Nicholas produced an album. He, he recorded his own music. Oh, wow. It's only six tracks. It's kind of folksy and it's very much about redemption. And it talks about a suicide attempt on one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And both the boys, I, I have little things of theirs. Around. Oh, I think that's wonderful. I really do. I, I don't have much left from Andrea. Um, yeah, because we we couldn't back then. Yeah, but I wouldn't let anyone cut my daughter's hair <laughs> until she was ten, because Andrea Andrea had long, straight, gorgeous <sighs> hair, and I have suit not that you can tell, but I have super curly hair, and uh -huh. it was short, and hers she could sit on. And so for me, oh, wow. that was this little symbol. Yeah. By the time she was 10, she wanted to cut her hair and I was devastated. Oh. But, you know, it's, it's yeah, something. Yeah, that was her connection. Yeah, exactly. You know, oddly enough, I, well, let me share what happened when, when we lost yeah. Nicholas. Um, all the family, um, Eric's family, their father is huge. And so for Thomas's memorial, we threw a Hawaiian party. His favorite pizza was Hawaiian. So we threw him a party yeah. with a Hawaiian theme, Hawaiian shirts and all. And all these people came and Eric's house was packed. We were in there like sardines and he does not have a small house. <laughs> so it was this huge outpouring from Florida, North Carolina, all over the place. People came to Georgia. And then, you know, we lost Nicholas so quickly after that, we oh. didn't want people to come back again and and so we decided to just say it was an accident yeah yeah so we kind of fell into that trap too yeah yeah and this is this is something that happens and mm -hmm. it's starting to change a little yes. but it is that that weird underlying shame that somehow, you know, this is this is wrong, and and that again, that's that's why we're here because we want to end that. You know, as we're talking about it, I wonder how much of that comes from the guilt of the survivors. Oh yeah, not yeah. wanting to share that they had part in something so horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Wonder, it yeah. the guilt. Mm -hmm. uh, the guilt just eats you up. I know I, I did not handle Andrea's death well at all. Uh, I was 16. But I had just come home. I had left on my birthday. I hitchhiked to Vancouver, mm -hmm. which is 3,000 miles away. We used to do that, didn't we? <laughs> we, we did. <clears throat> I was really smart. I took my girlfriend's two brothers with me, so I was safe. Oh, okay. No, I, I Very thought. Yes, my parents did not agree with that at all. 
Yeah, I can imagine why. But when I came back, mm-hmm. Andrea was so angry at me for leaving. Huh. And just before Christmas, she said to me, I just I was just home in time for Christmas. She said, mm-hmm. this is absolutely crazy. You know, I'm getting my license on my birthday and we'll be able to drive wherever we want because her birthday was February 2nd. Yeah. And she left us on New Year's Eve. Oh, my gosh. And that that guilt, how did I not see that? Why did I not? How could, you know, if I'd only called, I was babysitting and I was going to call her. But she was looking after her older aunt and uncle, so I didn't want to wake them. Like all these little things go through your head. And if oh, only, yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Rustin, being in the military, he kept saying, you know, I have training in this to uh, see the signs. Why didn't I see it? They didn't want you to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want you to. Yeah. Yep. So they think that they're removing a burden, that they would be a burden for some reason. And yeah, and I... um, Later on, uh, next month, I believe, we'll be having Frank King on the show. Uh, He's the mental health comedian. And he talks about, you know, he actually is trained in suicide prevention and and what have you. But the fact is, when you are at your lowest, it's not about taking your life. It's about ending your pain. It's just about ending your pain. And I think quite often trying to understand that piece Mm -hmm. and maybe understand they didn't really want to leave us. They just wanted that pain to stop, whatever that pain was for that person. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I honor both. Nicholas and Thomas, and your strength in sharing your story with us, and your amazing, not just your resiliency, but to me, it's your selflessness in sharing that resiliency with others and questing to figure out what good you could do with that. That's my purpose. Yeah. That's my purpose. And understanding that, knowing your purpose, I really honor you for that. Thank you. Thank you. So is there anything you would like to leave our audience with? I found my peace and my people, and as we've discussed, my purpose. So my question to the audience, to each individual one, do you have your people and are you the people for them? Do you know how to find peace? Figure it out if you don't. And if you're floundering, you don't have a purpose, figure that out. Thank you, that is so good. And you know, we put up all the numbers that you would need if you feel like you're in trouble. 
check what the numbers call, reach out. There is always someone who will listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always, yeah. Take take that take that next breath, please. Keep breathing. Hang on and reach out to someone. Yes. I want to thank Michelle for being our guest today. Thank and, you for allowing me to share. Because you know, sharing helps, doesn't it? It does. And that's that's what we say. Sharing allows you to somewhat lighten your burden, and it always can be the light for somebody else. Yes. I'm Elaine. This is Suicides and Forgiveness. I look forward to seeing you next time. And in the meantime, make the most of your today every day, please. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on your favorite service. Suicide Zen Forgiveness was brought to you by Truel Social Media, the digital integration specialists. Let them get you on page one in the search results.